Last week I spoke about restlessness and forgetfulness. I mentioned in a joking way how, you know, wearing a mask, one of the benefits for an early morning young priest like myself or Father Claydar is we get to yawn and no one knows, right? <laughs> the exhaustion. Uh, but restlessness and forgetfulness uh, that we as individuals, even as a culture, have so easily forgotten God. And when we forget God, that has real consequences. We become restless, trying to find rest in all the wrong places in the world. It leads us to isolation, a lack of identity, the breakdown of relationships, despair, and destruction. And so providentially, I think, again this week, our first reading is all about rest. Samuel is quite literally sleeping, continually being awoken by who he thinks is Eli calling him. And each time he gets up, he goes over to Eli, yes, Eli, you called me. Poor Eli, also asleep, being woken up by his friend Samuel, says, wasn't me, go back to bed. But each time, um, him being woken up again, eventually Eli realizes, oh, I bet it's God. Okay, Samuel, next time, please don't wake me up. Just say, Lord, I'm here, I'm ready, speak to me, whatever you want, your servant is listening. The psalm echoes this advice of his, saying, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. And then Paul, in the second reading today, his letter to the Corinthians, he echoes this, talking about our bodies, how at present, they're supposed to be temples of the Holy Spirit. We need to take proper care of them. They were purchased at a price that are not our own. They are members of Christ's own body glorified body, and therefore we should glorify our bodies in him. So we could ask ourselves this week, just like last, are we taking care of ourselves, both physically, mentally, and spiritually? If we're found asleep, like Samuel, either literally from exhaustion or, or figuratively, spiritually kind of numb to the world's muses and, and ruses, would we recognize the voice of God if he were calling us? It's a hard question to answer, perhaps because I think a hard truth often follows, is that I don't think many would hear his voice. You could take the biggest evidence that we have in our Catholic Church, Jesus. The Catholic Church claims to have the body of Christ, the Eucharist. This has been pretty commonly held for many centuries, thousands of years. It's only, I think, our modern times that people think this is figurative language. But so the logic then follows, if we, the only institution, the one true Catholic apostolic church, has this, then shouldn't be people flocking to us, filling our churches, yet record numbers of people are leaving. And the excuses are, they aren't being fed, they aren't hearing the message they want to hear, they aren't getting something out of it, perhaps they're bored, the routine of the mass, or it's not entertaining enough, bad homilies, I don't, we, no bad homilies here, right? Scandalized by corruption. I mean, there's some credence to some of these things, but ultimately, these are weak and reckless excuses that avoid the most basic, fundamental questions. Do you or do you not believe in the Eucharist? Judas, one of the greatest causes of scandal in the history of the church, he left the Last Supper, he left Mass, he left the church. Did the other 11 leave because of him? Do you believe Jesus is truly God? Was he just a nice guy? Do you believe that he loves you and that despite our sleepiness, he is calling us constantly into relationship with him? So most people can't answer these in the world, mostly because they're unable. It's not necessarily their fault. They're bound and shackled 
by the world's allurements. So then we ask, what do we do about it? What must we do, uh, both for ourselves in this situation and for our brothers and sisters who are just out there in the world drifting? Wake up, call, and rouse. Call and rouse ourselves, and then from this dangerous slumber, you can look at our Gospels, it gives us that exact answer. Jesus walks by, and what does John do? He doesn't keep silent. He says, behold the Lamb of God. And from his saying, behold the Lamb of God, two other people, disciples, hear him, and it says they follow him immediately. Second piece of evidence from the Gospel. Jesus asks them, what are you looking for? Come and see. Come and see, he says, and they follow. And then finally, Andrew, being one of those first two followers that heard John saying, behold, he goes to his brother, Simon. He says, Simon, guess what? We have found the Messiah. Come and see. And then it says, quote, he literally brought him to Jesus. Have you ever invited someone to Mass with you? Are you convicted enough of our faith, of the Eucharist, to invite someone? Have you ever invited someone to pray with you? It's a bold question we don't hear enough. We could be tempted to think that God only works in this mysterious, miraculous, very real, incarnational way 2,000 years ago. And that is a lie. We are called to be disciples just as much as these disciples we hear in the gospel are. So brothers and sisters, let's wake up. Let's rouse ourselves, hear the call of the Lord, and listen to him. What power Jesus desires to give us in his Holy Spirit that he's already given us in our confirmation. Luke 12, he says, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already burning. So let's listen for the voice of the Lord who's calling us. Let's look upon this altar today, where the Eucharist will be made present, where you will hear the words of John saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Ask yourself, do you believe in the depths of your heart? And is that belief causing a fire to rise within you? transforming you and transforming those around you whom you encounter. Our goal has never been mediocrity in the Christian faith. It's never been a Christian pacifism either. Our goal as Catholics, as Christians, is to conquer the world and all souls for Christ. So let's get about it. To pray daily, to listen for his voice, be ready to answer as Samuel was and testify to and invite others to meet him personally.